Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of unhappy Gilmore to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the argument by vehemence. Yeah, so the argument by vehemence is basically when you don't really have an argument. (laughs) Yeah. So instead you substitute it for just getting loud about stuff, getting loud and (laughs) cross and talking over other people. Because that yeah. might get them to stop arguing with you in a way, or at least not give them the chance to make yeah. their point or concede the point. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of the last resort of the desperate man in a way, and <laughs> so Trump yeah. is a, a regular user. And obviously, I mean, I could have just used the entire four days of the Katanji Brown Jackson uh, confirmation hearings, basically, and, and everything yeah. the Republicans yeah. said. Uh, which yeah. is basically yeah. this because they but didn't just, have a single argument yeah. against her. <laughs> exactly. If you just yeah, if you just look at the decibel meter, uh-huh. you could kind of go, "Oh yeah, you've not really got an argument, have you? You're not really yeah putting any kind of in- intelligent thing across. You're just being insistent mm. and, and loud for the sake of it." Yeah. So our first example from Trump. Comes yep. from when he was asked a completely reasonable question by Peter Alexander uh, about COVID. What do you say the Americans were scared, though? I guess nearly 200 dead, 14,000 who are sick, millions, as you witness, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. I think it's a very nasty question, and I think it's a very bad signal that you're putting out to the American people. The American people are looking for answers and they're looking for hope. And you're doing sensationalism and uh, the same with NBC and Concast. I don't call it, I don't call it Comcast, I call it Concast. Let me just ask for whom you work. Let me just tell you something. That's really bad reporting. And you ought to get back to reporting instead of sensationalism. Let's see if it works. It might and it might not. I happen to feel good about it, but who knows? I've been right a lot. Let's see what happens, John. Can I get back to the science and the logistics? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. But and at the end there, so yeah, he's just he's just uh, he's just attacking Peter Alexander, really. Not not yeah. saying not answering anything. He was being he was initially he was talking about hydroxychloroquine at that point, and and right. 
Peter Alexander was saying, yeah, but, you know, do you have a message for the the hundreds of thousands of Americans who are, you know... Who are a bit worried. A bit concerned yeah. about this. You know, because all, yeah. all you'd need is, yeah, we're doing everything that we can, we really feel for you. I mean, it's, it's hollow and, and pointless and doesn't mean actually anything. Mm. And it's, you know, but at least it wouldn't be... That's a horrible question. Well, it isn't. We're following the science. That's yeah. what he needed to have said. It's, it'll just go away. It'll go away on its own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I've been right. I've been right. I've been right about a lot of things. And then, and then getting it, forcing in the gag about concast. Yeah. I call it oh, concast. Just... As if the room would just go, oh, that <laughs> is so well observed thank you so much for being our president yeah it's weird even while he's on an angry rant he can't avoid yeah. doing that that's so weird that he just couldn't stop himself from playing to that the invisible oh and who's he doing it for who's it for so yeah mm. it's just that kind of let's prick the bubble of of intelligent people mm. That's that's kind of what he does. He's constantly aware. Of, either he's constantly aware of appealing to his voter base, or he's just constantly stupid. I think probably both. Yeah, yeah. Why not both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so our second example from Trump comes yeah. from the first debate he had oh with Joe God. Biden, <laughs> which again is pretty much just the whole thing but. is an example yeah. of this. Uh, yeah. Here is here is one of the bits where it got worse. We have a higher deficit with China now than we did before. We have the highest deficit trade deficit China with ate Mexico. Your lunch, All right, ate your, in, 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 China in, ate your lunch, no. Joe. And but, no wonder okay. your son goes in and he takes out what he takes out billions oh. of dollars, takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, Simply while we're at true. it, why is Simply. it just out of curiosity? The mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista none to of deserve one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars? None of that is true. Not answer. Not none of that is true. Oh, really? Totally he didn't get three and a half Mr. President, it's totally, Mr. President, please totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get no, three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice he got three Mr. And a President, dollars. That is not true. Oh, really, Mr. Oh, President? Mr. You, it's an it's an open discussion. Please, no, you, you, it's you, a fact. Well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the Vice totally President answer. Discredited. Did Barista was a pay him 183,000 a, a month with, with no it, experience it, in energy? Mi Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Barista. I think he did, Mr. President. Let him answer. Poor, poor Chris Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he's kind of like working out. Of, okay, which one's the, which one's the vice president? Yeah, yeah. just said, just Trump, <laughs> shut the fuck up for a minute. And that, that kind of that, it's a it's a needling uh -huh. thing. What he is is the he's not the school bully. He's the one that stands behind the school bully <laughs> with his back, hand in the middle of the school yeah. bully's back, needling the other guy. To go, ah, and then he will push, he will duck behind and push the bully forward, and who will get thumped in the face, and he'll go, yeah. And I think, what about, what about that? Yeah, what about that? Yeah. Absolutely but don't, and don't let him answer. Not to wait for an answer. No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so yeah, it's just he's yeah. just talking over him the entire time. He's just kind of trying to derail the conversations. Just, I mean, also completely making stuff up. Obviously, the yeah, the yeah, the yeah. three and a half million dollars that the mayor of moscow's wife supposedly gave hunter biden not what happened yeah. at all 
mm-hmm. um there was a, a there was an account that was connected to a company that was connected to a company that was co-founded by biden that got money from the right. mayor of moscow's wife and it's several degrees of separation and and at one point he said that he was getting $183,000 a month from Burisma, which right. the the real number was up to 50000 a month, which is still quite a lot of money for, for what he was yep. doing, for basically being on the board and, and having a famous person's name. That's how kind of boards work, is it, really? But yeah. Trump has, has variously claimed it was 50000 a month, 83000 a month, and now 183000 a month, based on nothing whatsoever. No, and also he says... Yeah, he's on there. He's got no no experience, no prior experience in energy. I think. Well, many members of your cabinet yeah. had no, no prior in experience any. in any of yeah. any of that. And yeah, and and up till that point, Trump had no experience in politics. Yeah, absolutely. So, he also claimed later on that Hunter never had a job until Biden became vice president, which was completely not true either. And yeah, it's just he was just shouting for the sake of yeah. being the one saying something and not giving Joe yes. the opportunity to say something. To, to so. say anything factual yeah. or, you know, refuting what he was saying. Yeah. I went to a fundraising gig uh, in London for the Ukraine and Dara O'Brien was talking about when he encounters people who come at him with various opinions in a shouty way. When somebody comes at you bulldozing with a thing, you just say, can I just stop you right there? And then say nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, then, and then wait for the moment when the gap into which you would then speak gets too long and then the other person starts to talk again, at which point you then walk off. <laughs> so it's just like, can I just stop you there? And that, so that for me would be the perfect refutation for this the vehement thing. You just you don't take take any of it on because Joe kind of fell into the trap of trying to answer mm. rather than seeing that it was pointless answering because he's just being vehement for vehement's sake and it's just making a, a point so you would just you could justifiably just say okay can i just stop you right there mm. and as if you were going to give the answer that they are hectoring you <laughs> for and then not do anything yeah just... part of the the benefit of doing this <laughs> one yeah part of what comes out of it at least is is it kind of makes it seem like your opponent can't answer your question because you're because right. you're not giving them the opportunity to answer because you're just yeah. keeping on battering them with stuff so yeah. Yeah. yeah it kind of makes it seem like they are not able to formulate a good answer because they're basically under attack the whole time yeah so. there's, no, there's no space to put anything together yeah. and when you do it's never enough. The answer that they give could be based in fact, could be based on the on the fact that they're putting something intelligently together to counter what you're accusing them of, but you're not having any of that. Yeah, and at the very least, it probably won't be as loud as what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. I did get bought a coaster when I, when I went to visit Boston, and it said on it, I may not know what I'm talking about, but I'm loud enough to be convincing. <laughs> yeah. And now is the time, I think, for Marx's British politics. Corner. I actually kind of think that 
the other thing that vehemence is used for is to sneak by a whole bunch of absolute lies. If you do them as loud as you possibly can, which we saw Trump doing, um, it, it allows you under the cloak of, of volume to put in some lies, many lies. <laughs> and also, also in being loud, you've kind of got to justify your loudness by being angry and then that f therefore kind of adds some weight to that you're being righteous in your anger. So, and, and Boris does this a lot. Um, so the first example is from the 21st of April, 2021 in Prime Minister's Questions. The other thing, <laughs> the, the other thing about this, when we decided to do this particular one, I knew I would have to go back and watch Prime Minister's Questions. So, so damn you for that. <laughs> I've managed to avoid it for a couple of episodes because it is the most soul-destroying thing in the world. Um, so anyway, Prime Minister's Questions in 21st of April 2021 in a very empty House of Commons because I think we were still under lockdown measures, so much of the Parliament... Yeah, just the odd, the odd work event was going on, but other than that... Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah they didn't, didn't <laughs> worry about them. You know, they just they turned up for work rather than work events, yeah. Um, Keir Starmer asks about, is asking about the culture of preferentially granted contracts to friends of the Tories, basically things like the, the PPE and the creation of the track and trace system, all that kind of stuff were under under scrutiny because basically they their mates got anything got, connected and, slightly to yeah. Matt Hancock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so there you go. So um, and this is Keir's uh, question, which I suspect he's he knows what he's doing when he's triggering. Boris. What do we get from this Prime Minister and this Conservative government? Dodgy contracts, jobs for their mates and cash for access. And who's at the heart of it? The Prime Minister, major sleaze, sitting there. Don't the British people deserve a Prime Minister they can trust and a government that isn't mired in sleaze, cronyism and scandal? The major sleaze thing is there is his riposte to Boris's oft-said... Um, Captain Hindsight, which he accuses Keir Starmer of of coming up with policies on in hindsight, which is kind of the opposite. So he, yeah, he he's suggesting that Starmer uh, follows where the crowd is going and then calls from the back. Yeah, yeah, I knew this would happen. Whereas Boris, as we all know, sees which way the crowd's going, runs to the front and says, "Follow me." Um, so that's why that was there. So lacking the usual baying mob behind him. So if you look at the footage of this, there's Boris and then there's three empty rows and then four or five people behind him. Normally what happens behind him is there is a, a, a wall of noise in a full spectrum kind of way. It's exactly that. Approval. <laughs> yeah. Which is just, it's just kind of roggle, roggle, roggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, yeah. And, um, what he, he, so because that's lacking, Boris has had to up the vehemence in his reply. It's the equivalent, it occurs to me, it's the equivalent of the guitarist having to do more because there's no bassist. So the last gig that my band played, we nearly didn't because the bass player got COVID. Um, and then, we, and so we were talking about, well, what will we do? Shall we do it without him? And the guitarist was saying, well, yeah, I can do a lot of lot of that, except when we come to the lead bits, 
I'm relying on the bass player to fill out the bottom end because I'm no longer playing, you know, I'm not strumming and filling out the the soundscape. So that's so that's what Boris is doing. So when we play this clip, listen to how the distortion crackles as Boris is shouting and he's also pointing, which you can't hear on radio, <laughs> with both hands interchangeably and he's using his finger, not that odd thumb point thing where they don't point fingers i think it's it's viewed upon as being really rather rude yeah. <laughs> yeah so they kind of do it they sort of point but with their with their thumb on top of their fist but he's not he's pointing with both hands mr speaker last night our, our friends in, in in the european union voted to approve our brexit deal which he which he opposed which enables us not just to take back control of our borders, Mr Speaker, but to deliver free, which it does, which he fervently opposed. Taking back control of our country has allowed us to deliver the fastest vaccine rollout in Europe, as he well knows, Mr Speaker, which would not have been possible, which would not have been possible if we'd stayed in the European Medicines Agency, which he voted for. So, as the meme goes, I'll counter your intelligence with my confidence. And even though they're forcefully made, lies are still lies. He didn't oppose the Brexit deal on 24th December 2020. Keir Starmer announced he will whip the Labour MPs to support the Brexit deal when it comes to Parliament in December. Nor did membership of the European Medicines Agency preclude rolling out the vaccines. Uh, On the 3rd of Feb 2021, UK's Channel 4 Television's Fact Check reported again an EU provision passed into UK law in 2012 meant that the government had legal powers to act alone in temporarily authorising the use of new vaccine without waiting for the European Medicines Agency to sign it off 20 years, 10 years prior. This was confirmed in statements by the government and the UK's independent regulator, the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, who said this law was used to approve the Pfizer COVID vaccine unilaterally in December last year when Britain was still in the Brexit provision period. So Britain was still subject to the processes of the EMA when the first vaccine was approved. But EU law gave the UK regulatory emergency powers to act alone. And whilst it's true that Starmer didn't vote to stay in the EMA. He did say in 2017, why would we want to be outside the European Medicines Agency, which ensures that all medicines in the UK market are safe and effective? We ask that consideration be given to finding ways to ensure that where we can stay within those agencies for the obvious obvious benefits that they bring. The EMA, among other things, assesses medicines before they're authorised within the European Union, which is quite a good thing i'd have thought but i think the the getting out of the ema is actually means that the uk can have dodgy untested medicines quicker than perhaps india somewhere like that so it's, <laughs> i mean it's they're still under the purview of the mra mhra aren't they so Yes, yes exactly. there is that yep. aspect, but it, the the rules are slightly different. I don't know if they're more lenient under the MHRA than they are under the EMA. I, but I think, you, I think you, but you would are. think that the the European being in the meant that you would get bulk discount kind of thing, you know, oh, on getting definitely. stuff through, yeah. and you would actually, yeah, you could enforce strict rules on medicine providers because you are a large block. You're not having to renegotiate that, all of that stuff, which is, you know, when you continually ask 
take when you continue to say take back control, one should ask who's taking back the control. Yes. All right. So example two um, uh, to compare with this week's full House of Parliament and Prime Minister's questions. Johnson uses the vehemence trick to whip up more baying. Uh, whereas, so the thing is to kind of contrast and compare, we've got Boris Johnson, Keir Starmer, and the Scottish National Party leader, Ian Blackford, how they deal with the noise that they that is generated either in opposition to what they're saying or in support of what they're saying. When it's in opposition to what they're saying, they react differently. Johnson shouts over the top. He doesn't say anything. He just shouts over the top of it in order to shout it down. For every £6 they're taking in tax rises, they're only handing £1 back. Prime Minister, is that cutting taxes or is that raising taxes? Uh, Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker, I don't know where he's been for the last two years. but even even by the even by the standards, even by the standards of even by the yes he has uh, even, even by the standards of Captain Hindsight, Mr. Speaker. There we have it. They're the party of excess oil and gas profits. We're the party of working people. Mr. Speaker, talking. Talking of parties, talking of parties, Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, at the very same time, Tory MPs were gathering across the street for a champagne bash in the Park Plaza. We all know... We all know that the Tories parted during lockdown (coughs) and now they're... Can shout and scream when we're raising the Tory cost of living crisis, Mr. Yeah, Speaker. Yeah, yeah. So the, this is the contrast. There's Johnson, who just—I don't even know what he was going to say or what he was, because he just goes, "Yes, he did." In the middle of all that stuff, so he's shouting that down by try, insisting upon trotting out Captain Hindsight again. And but Starmer just kind of waits whilst they all go. When they say we're the party of the party, because he's just called them out perfectly. And then Ian Blackford, he doesn't even bother to kind of speak over the end of it. He just sits down. They're doing all that stuff. They sit down. Then he stands up and just calls out what it, it, the, the, the baying crowd is just being vehement. They're yeah. just screaming and shouting in order to try and shut him up. And it's, uh, yeah. So the, my only worry is is that Starmer's tactic of remaining calm and triggering Boris to rant is actually not cutting through to the voters. Because I suspect that shouting and vehemence appeals to the voters who feel a bit intimidated by intelligence. And they applaud Boris's shouting it down. And Boris knows that that appeals more than any nuance to the vast majority of Brexity-type voters. So there is that. I think he's kind of like the people's champion in that regard. I mean, he's a he's a vastly intelligent man you know, on paper, but he's whereas Starmer it uses the kind of the the scalpel approach of 
of paring away the layers and saying, you know, are you a tax, cut, a tax cutting party or, or not? Whereas Boris will just bulldoze through facts and noise. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't bulldoze the facts through. He bulldozes through any existing fact <laughs> and makes noise yeah. in order to get to the sound bites, which are, we are better at managing the economy. Whereas you know, even the Financial Services Commission has said, no, this isn't a tax. There is no tax cut. This is all a tax rise, and yet it will transpire that people just go, oh yeah, they're good with the economy. You think, well, where? By what measure of means other than Boris constantly shouting, we are better at the economy than them? <laughs> yeah, just label your tax rise a tax cut. Yeah, yeah. just say, and everyone will go, wow, yeah, it look, doesn't look like it on paper, but they've said it is. And, you know, he, loudly. Talk, talk, <laughs> <laughs> he seems to talk a lot of sense, seems really convinced by it. Yeah. When I'm telling lies It's what I do If I want to sound wise Come on I'm making no sense Come on Shout, shout When I'm telling lies It's what I do When I want to sound wise Come on Tears for Fear, of course, with Shout. What else could we have? (laughs) In the Fallacy in the Wild, we'd like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week comes from the Tim Minchin musical Matilda. Uh, This is from a song called Loud. People don't like smarty pants what go round claiming that they know stuff we don't know. Now is a tip. What you know matters less than the volume with which what you don't know's expressed. Content has never been less important, so you have got to be loud. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh-huh. When I kind of, normally when we do this this podcast, what I normally do is kind of go, oh, okay, yeah, so that's that. And then I get some clue as to, you know, the extent to which I've got to be scholarly about <laughs> it by listening to the fallacy in the world, wild examples. Uh-huh. But I didn't do that this time. I did all that, all the stuff about Starmer and, yeah. and Boris because it just kind of went, oh, yeah, well, that must be. And then went to the Matilda <laughs> and then she, she just sings exactly <laughs> what I've just uh-huh. discovered. So, it was, yeah. yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? It is absolutely. Yeah. I love Tim Minchin. And that yeah. is, yeah, it's content has never been less important yeah doesn't doesn't matter what you're saying it's just the the volume at which you're expressing (laughs) the stuff that you think you know Uh yeah yeah or don't or know that you don't know yeah yes yeah it's it's kind of style over substance but it's volume over substance really Um, yeah 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 (laughs) yeah 
Yes. The second example comes from the West Wing, and this is kind of representative of a legal adage. You know, I had a civil procedure professor who said once, Take a beat. There you go. He said, when the law is on your side, argue the law. And when the facts are on your side, argue But it's not in cement. You don't have the law on your side and you don't have the facts on your side. Bang your fist on the defense table as loud as you can. It's from a speech that Jeb Bartlett is giving and, and we kind of keep cutting away to the other room where they're listening to the speech and the kind of behind the scenes and stuff. So that's why the the volume the keeps coming in and out. In yeah, and out. yeah, because it's on the TV screen. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's saying that a, a law professor of his used to say that when the facts are on your side, argue the facts. When the law is on your side, argue the law. And when you don't have the facts or the law, pound your fist on the defence table as, as hard as you can. Yeah. And this is a, yeah. a legal kind of strategy that has been attributed to lots and lots of different people. It's been attributed to Alan Dershowitz when he was a Harvard Law School professor. Right. Um, before that, it was a Columbia professor named Jerome Michael. Oliver Wendell Holmes, it was attributed to him. There's a, a site called Quote Investigator who kind of looks for right. the origins of these kind of commonly misattributed quotes or quotes that are yeah. attributed to different people. They follow it back to um, the earliest citation they can find from 1911, where wow. it is written by Byron K. Eliot and William F. Eliot, and they word it slightly differently. It says, if you have a case where the law is clearly on your side, but the facts and justice seem to be against you, said an old lawyer to his son who was about to begin the practice of law, urge upon the jury the vast importance of sustaining the law. On the other hand, if the law is against you or doubtful and the facts show your case is founded in justice, um, insist that justice be done, though the heavens fall. But, said the young man, how shall I manage a case where both the law and the facts are dead against me? In that case, replied the old lawyer, talk around it. And the worse it is, the harder you pound the table. <laughs> There you go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's become over over 110 yeah. years Short, much what? Yeah, yeah, much more kind of Pithier. pithy. And yeah, uh, yeah if the yeah. if neither the facts nor the law are on your side, pound the table. That's interesting because it would be that might be another way of surviving watching prime minister's questions is to act just to see as well as how often he ruffles his hair is how often Boris bashes the dispatch box or points at it on thumps on the thing mm -hmm. when he's and you just know the more he does that the less truth he <laughs> is actually employing yeah there it's all sound and fury mm -hmm. signifying, signifying nothing. nothing absolutely yeah yeah and our final example in this section this week comes from citizen kane oh wow and this is where kane has just taken over the new york inquirer mm -hmm and is advising his underling now, his, his kind of the editor, I guess, uh, the previous editor of the paper, on how to get uh, a sensational story. Mr Carter, I want you to send your best man to see Mr Silverstone in Brooklyn. Have him tell Mr Silverstone if he doesn't produce his wife, Mrs Silverstone, at once, the inquirer will have him arrested. Well, have him tell Mr Silverstone he's a detective from uh, the central office. <laughs> the central office. If Mr Silverstone gets suspicious and asks to see your man's badge... Your man is to get indignant and call Mr. Silverstone an anarchist <laughs> loudly so the neighbours can hear. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's activist, isn't it? That is the latest mm. kind of byword version of that. That's what that, yes, he's activist. You're an activist. 
So yeah. yeah. So if he if he questions, like if he asks a reasonable question, if he says, "Are you really yeah. a detective? Show me some proof." Just get yeah. indignant and call him an anarchist, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and do it loudly. Which is what, yeah. which is what Trump does. Absolutely, yeah, isn't it? You just say, you know, you're a terrible journalist. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Trump would know. Uh-huh. You know, that's yeah, yes. Well, I'm just holding you to account. That's my job. Yeah. 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 So before we move on to fake news, there's just time to give you an update on our Oscar pool because the Oscars happened. Don't know if you noticed. And we had yeah. some people who joined us in our Oscar pool choosing which films they thought would win the various awards. How did we do? Well, I did very well. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Oh, damn. Damn you. Uh, I kind of, yeah. Yeah. I did kind of go in there going. Should I go with the ones that I know will win? Yeah, you did go out, go out on a limb a bit. That, uh, yeah, a few of yours. But, yeah, I know, and it kind of made no. So I knew I was just going. It was that kind of protest vote, and why <laughs> did I do that? I don't know why I did that because I'm an anarchist. That's well, I I uh, I got 16 correct out of 23 possible Oscars. Wow. Um, wow! I, I, uh, what were the ones you didn't get right? Uh, well, I, I went out on a limb and chose uh, yeah. Encanto for best score on the assumption that the Academy right, voters that hadn't they would learned not know what it was. Yeah, that, yeah. That score doesn't mean songs. I think I did too. Yeah. But uh, I, I, and if I'd been right on that, I I would have won a reasonable amount of money because I also put a bit of a bet on that. But uh, then it was uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, but still, I got sixteen out of twenty-three. Uh, the the highest yep. anyone did other than me. As as yeah. the winner was yeah. our most recent lovely patron Colleen Lyella, who got uh, ten out of twenty three. Oh wow, cool! And you were close behind uh, with nine right. in right. third place, right? And right. and and our other people who joined in didn't do quite as well as you. But well done, thank you for everyone joining Don't in. Patronise us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were kind of. It was always about second place. We knew that. We knew that. The other one I got wrong was Best Picture, which I I absolutely yeah. thought would be Power of the Dog, but went to Coda, which I'm very pleased by. Wow! Because it absolutely was a much better picture, in my opinion, yeah. than Power of the Dog. Wow! Uh, well, I'm you weren't I'm surprised Coda, at that. But um, no, I wasn't. But yeah. I'd, so I've, and I wasn't. What did I vote for? I, I think I. Um, exceeded. I think you your... went for Dune actually in the in oh, Best did Picture. I? Oh, yeah. right. I thought I. I acquiesced your greater ignorance <laughs> and went, power the dog. Yeah, well, I'm surprised by that. Mm. I am. I am. Okay. It, yeah. Shouldn't have yeah, in fact, Jane Campion, uh, Best Director, was the only Oscar that Power the Dog got in the end out of the 12 nominations. So Yeah. And yeah. and Coda won yeah. Best Picture despite, and it was the first film ever to win Best Picture without being nominated for either Best Editing or Best Director. So... Well, how about that? Look at that. Wow. So we're going we're gonna to play... Fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake So before fake we news. go any further, can I just say, it's a complete <laughs> travesty of justice, this thing, because I have been winning consistently, time after time after time, and it seems to count for nothing. It's just a travesty of gamesmanship. (laughs) So our theme this week (laughs) is one of Trump's statements since he lost his Twitter 
he's been putting out uh, kind of public statements via, mostly via Liz Harrington, his kind of spokeswoman, because she yeah, still has yeah. a Twitter account. But these are kind of Trump from the desk of Donald J. Trump. Right. And this was his official press that he put out because he got a hole in one at golf supposedly yeah. no one's actually uh, okay yeah, necessarily yeah, seen seen yeah, that yeah. it did happen there yeah. was a video but the video was of him kind of getting the the ball out of the hole, of the hole. not of the yeah. actual shot but way to doubt the man so yeah. having got a hole in one he he put out a press release because it's obviously very yeah. important so these are parts of the release okay. statement number one i made a hole in one it took place at Trump International Golf Club in West Palm Beach, Florida on the seventh hole, which was playing 181 yards into a slight wind. I hit a five iron which sailed magnificently into a rather strong wind. Well, that's very bland <laughs> for Trump. Very uh-huh. factual, very factual, even though it's all lies. But, Statement number two. Yeah. As soon as I hit it, Ernie Els, great golfer, winner of four majors, turned to me and said, that's a hell of a drive, sir. Then we all watched it bounce on the green and roll into the hole. Everyone got very excited and started cheering. Yeah, yeah. So I'm immediately suspicious of that, which has put put me on my guard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Statement number three: the match was Ernie and me with no strokes against Gene, Mike, and Ken. I won't tell you who won because I'm a very modest individual, and you'll <laughs> then say I was bragging, and I don't like people who brag. Right. Okay. Yep. Mm. You see, you throw, you throw, ha ha! You throwing in a curveball, the the, mm, so, uh, so which has made me suspicious of the middle one. But then I'm thinking, well, that's probably why you've done it. So now I'm more suspicious of the first one. Made a holy one. Because, mm, with me, no strokes. With match was earning with me with no strokes against Gene. Okay, Mike and Ken. Well, they're all made-up names, aren't they? Because I'm a very modest, <laughs> modest individual. Mm. You know, he does like people who brag. That, so that in itself is a lie. Okay. Oh no! See, it's got. You see, the red flags are all going. Mm. Uh, mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know I'm going to choose the one that I'm going to choose. And I know that I've been fooled and, (laughs) oh God. Okay. So I think that, oh no, I'm going to get over the back. I'm going for it. Uh, I think that number two is the one that you made up. Okay. So the other two, which are you more convinced by? Actually, the hole in one. I made a hole in one. The first one, number one. Okay. And number one. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Real. Despite the fact that, that he dull, says, isn't it? "I was." It was 181 yards into a slight wind, and then one sentence later, it's a rather strong wind. Yeah. I hit a five iron, which yeah. sailed sailed magnificently. <laughs> obviously, way across a different green, and got blown back <laughs> onto the seventh green. <laughs> Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's the, the, that's a very dull thing to say from yeah. Trump, isn't it? Apart yeah. from the, the that bit about it's a slight wind, and then as if he hadn't written that <laughs> or it decided to change it and then forgot to erase the previous sentence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's very windy. 
It was, yeah, it was angry oh, that day. Oh, my God, it was so windy. <laughs> and yeah, it was just like, oh, no, it doesn't sound very good. 181 is just like, no, no, actually, it was it was a mm-hmm. raging wind. <laughs> I had to, I was practically flown over. I had to lean into it to, to yeah. Mm. So you also think number three I, is real? I do, yeah. And number three. Match was only me, yeah. Is real. Oh, what? So yeah, the, so he the, does, he did say the match. You were then sales bragging, and I yeah, don't like and I don't like brag. people who brag. Well, he, he did does say nothing that. but do that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of uh, there has been some speculation online that right. that that was kind of because obviously he doesn't write these himself. No, he, you know he has someone who write he he kind of pretty dictates them, and then someone has to kind of write it up and send it totally to Liz, and she has to post yeah. it, and you know, yeah. so. Go there's, down to the there's been, there's been yeah. some speculation that that might have been added by someone as kind of like a a joke about the fact that he is bragging. This entire thing is him. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah nice, but, yeah. I but know. I won't tell you who won. Yeah. Because well, uh, it wasn't even necessarily him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Because then you'll say, well, no, because if it wasn't him, if he, if he had won... He would definitely have. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, if, I won't tell you one because I'm modest because I don't like oh, losing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your bragging. Yeah, right. That's a, that's there you go. That's definition of humble brag, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you're correct. Number two ah, was uh, ah, was indeed ah. fake news. And, yeah, it, yeah was, it was a great golfer and the sir. Yeah, the, the sir was, was was the kind of giveaway because uh, he did he said. He was playing with legendary golfer Ernie Els, winner of four majors. Yeah. Um, he was also playing with Gene Sowers, Ken Duke, and Mike Goods, who were right over oh, there. They are uh, yeah, yeah. tour Gene players, basically. Is it possible to let someone get a hole in one? Do they employ <laughs> some kind of reverse tornado <laughs> so it would just suck it in? There is quite a lot of luck involved in getting a hole in one, but there's yeah. also it's a, it's also a numbers game. Yeah, according to Golf Digest. Right. Who are the authorities? I think it's fair to say on this kind of thing. A pro, a PGA Tour pro, will get an ace, a hole in one, once every 2,375 shots. Wow. Uh, whereas a, an average golfer will get a hole in one every 12,000 shots. Good grief. Wow. So if you play enough, eventually, yeah. you know, you probably get a hole in one. Yeah. Especially on par three holes, which this was. Right hole seven of of the west palm beach trump international they're a lot rarer on par four and five but yeah this is 181 yards not that far trump apparently regularly drives around 200 230 yards kind of off the tee so so 181 not that big a deal with a a five iron rather than a driver knowing the hole is only 181 you'd pick a a more pitched uh, club yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, looking at um, kind of how frequently he golfs as president, according yeah. to the Trump <laughs> golf tracker, <laughs> pretty frequently he attended yeah. his own golf courses like <laughs> yeah. 250 days out of his presidency yeah. and definitely golfed wow. at least 150 times. Yeah. His handicap, according to the official online measurement, is yeah. 2.8. Right. I thought you were going to say his handicap is. Being a Trump, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no chance that's his real handicap, because yeah. like 
um jack nicklaus is like four or something like that so wow so yeah yeah, the, yeah exactly. and the thing is if you look there's this uh online tool that people enter their golf scores into to mm-hmm. come up with their handicap and right. and if you look at trump's that i think i think it was golf digest did it in in 2020 and yeah. he'd only played according to this tool like 20 games since 2009 right. that had been in, input into this tool. So basically, when he has a good round, <laughs> he puts, he puts in. it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's only Not had them, 20 yeah. good rounds since, 20, yeah. since 2009. And so based on those ones only, his handicap yeah. is like 2.8. Yeah. So on everything else, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's up, up it's there with his IQ. You know, right. it's, in the, it's in the 30s. So, yeah. uh, so based on that, Based on the fact that his handicap is actually a bit higher, you're looking at a minimum of 80 shots per game, basically. Right. Yeah. Usually, yeah. probably most most average golfers, it's around 90 to 100 shots per uh, per round of right. 18 holes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So if you pl- if he played 150 times while he was president and yeah. shot 80 shots per game. Yeah, that's twelve thousand shots. There you go. So just in the four years he was president, he yeah. you'd expect he might have got a hole in one based on Golf Digest's numbers. Yeah, he's been golfing for years and years and years. Two thousand nine, yeah. we know certainly of. before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and he's golfed pretty much constantly since he stopped being president, and he's yeah. finally now got a hole in one. So, yeah, all the people online saying, "Oh, yeah, I don't even believe he's got it now." He probably has, just from has. the law of large numbers. It's eventually yeah. it's going to happen. Doesn't yeah. mean he's a good golfer. No, it's it's just even if he just. Well, I think the I think what's happened is he's only ever played that seventh hole. That's what <laughs> goes out there yeah. and just plays that. I mean, whacking him, whacking away with a <laughs> massive bucket of balls. Yeah. He never plays golf. He just kind of he's practicing constantly. It's the equivalent of having the thing in the, you know, in your den with the screen that you whack the ball into, and then yeah. you just watch it go up. Jack Nicholas's thing on the Commodore sixty four, <laughs> that kind of a thing, but he's doing it in real life because hey, he's got time on his hands. Yeah, you know, even during his presidency. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, if there was a way to for him to cheat it, he definitely would have. There's an entire book written about how how he cheat, just how Trump cheats at golf. Just that. <laughs> oh, I want that book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Well, woohoo. That means I won. It does. So you are oh, right. you're on your way woo-hoo. back to 50%. You're not quite yeah. there yet. But. Slow, yeah. slow and steady. <laughs> slow, you know, one out of every 12,000 strokes, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. eventually is going to go my way. Yeah. Yes, it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called Confirmation Hearings and Not a Logical Fallacy. Oh, my God, this is brilliant, isn't it? Because, <sighs> yeah. It's just a, 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 you know, kind of a, a parade of it's not so much about her as about everybody else. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's not about her because the the confirmation hearings for Katanji Brown-Jackson, Biden's pick for the next Supreme Court justice, yep. are essentially a formality. They've got... Yeah. The Democrat votes because she's ridiculously well qualified. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. She is 
immensely qualified for this. Like, more so than half the people who are currently Supreme Court justices. Well, absolutely. And any, <laughs> and any of the ones that got uh-huh. appointed under Trump, certainly. Yeah. And so there's really not any question about it. They, they, all they need is is um, is the Democrat votes. Susan Collins has come out since this and said that she's going to vote for her as well. So, you know, right. even if Kirsten Cinema wants to have another day where her name's on the internet by voting <laughs> no, it won't yeah. make any difference. Yeah. <laughs> so there was no point to all of the no. stuff that the Republicans said. Um, having, first of all, come out at the very beginning of the process and kind of berated the Democrats for how terribly they treated sex pest beer lover Brett Kavanaugh. Exactly, yeah. For what Ted Cruz called his teenage dating habits and other people call mm. raping someone. Yeah, a little bit being a bit rapey. Yes, the stuff. Yes, after that, where they basically were saying, "We are not going to treat this hearing like that. We're going to be respectful. We're going to be sensible. We're, you know, this will not yeah. turn into a political circus." And they then yeah. immediately put on clown shoes and, and arrived in a car yeah. with offset wheels. Yeah, all the doors <sighs> fell off. Yes, and in a kind of in a similar way that the um, the just the the routine thing of of verifying the votes on January the 6th, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just a constitutional thing that will just let it pass by without incident, you know. No! Yeah. It's, you know, so they just... Well, and, and yet, of course, if the Democrats just kind of point out to them that, uh, well, you said that we did this <laughs> then... And now you're doing it now? They go, oh, no, no, this is another kind. This is a completely different kind of circus. <laughs> They'll get all vehement. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. 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 So, I mean, basically all they got out of this, really, yeah. is a bit of kind of meat the, for the yeah. for the yeah. base and, and, yeah. and the odd Fox News interview because obviously once – Lindsey Graham has has flounced out of the room a couple of times. That means that secures him a spot on Tucker Carlson to talk about why he was so flouncy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I half arrived and I Uh went off in it. Yeah, Uh, just just nuts. And uh, and Ted Cruz holding up a book. Yes, the the anti-racist book. So if it was you know if you kind of so we want to list. (laughs) <laughs> all of the thing you just kind of go okay well there's got to be something about critical race theory and there's got to be something about um transgender rights and and you know anti-religious things you could just like you could just draw up a list and yeah. go okay yeah do you think they did any of those yeah no they did all of those yeah, yeah. they they saw they, they must have got into the room beforehand and did it called basically called her a pedophile racist communist yeah, <laughs> and anti-Catholic, uh-huh. yeah. and also yeah. somehow woke. Uh... Yeah, in, in, in amongst all of that, yeah. yeah. So how you could be all of those <laughs> and woke? Yeah, but you can't point that out because they would just shout at you. Yeah, yeah. and you just, have go, you just have to go. Well, let me just stop you right there, <laughs> yeah. and then leave. Uh, so yeah, so Ted Cruz's yeah. attack on on Katanji Brown Jackson was that. She is on the board of a mm-hmm. a day school in DC, uh, Georgetown right. Day School, which yep. is against racism. <laughs> and, 
and this is somehow a negative. Yeah, like that's a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, on their curriculum, yeah. which I don't, I don't know if it's in. It's the, it, like in their library, basically. One of the things right. they have available for children is this book yeah. called "Anti-Racist Baby" by um, Ibram X. Kendi, who isn't. He writes about anti-racism. He's written some excellent books about anti-racism. Yep. And this is one for kids. Basically, mm-hmm. the idea is it's like a board book. There's a paperback. There's a Kindle version that, that you that it is designed to encourage parents to talk to their children early on about racism and anti-racism and and you know treating everyone with respect and seeing that while people are different, they aren't better or worse than each other. But yeah. but pretending everyone pretending people aren't different and there aren't differences to how people are treated by society is not reasonable. <laughs> yeah, and it's designed yeah. to inc- encourage those kinds of conversations with kids. Ted Cruz claimed that mm-hmm. it it calls babies racist and asked asked Judge Jackson if she agrees that babies are racist. <laughs> like it says in this book yeah. that is endorsed by this school on which you are a board member of so many layers she paused for a, for, <laughs> yeah. for a while <laughs> yeah yeah i kind of go wait a minute let me just untangle what you've just asked me yeah yeah, yeah. and then she sighed and then uh, she answered I don't believe that any child should be made to feel as though they are racist or not valued or less than that they are victims, oppressors, she said eventually. When Cruz refused to drop the subject, she gave a more more direct answer. I've not reviewed any of these books. They don't come up in my work as a judge, (laughs) which I'm respectfully here to address. So try to get it back on track as to, you know, maybe ask me law questions, you know, how I would address things rather than do I think babies are racist, which is yeah. a fucking weird question. And that's not what the book says, anyway. No, I was going to, how do yeah. you get to there? It's a kind of, it's one of those um, specious, it's not even a slippery slope no. argument. They just go, with well, this is some um, strange connection to you, therefore, and I, that allows me to go into the usual rants and accuse you just because you're not a Republican of being what the flavour of the month is. It's a bit like saying, well, if, if you opened the Hungry Caterpillar and said, are you pro-famine? <laughs> Has your child ever read The Hungry Caterpillar? Yes. Well, does that mean that you have taught them to be pro-famine? No, no. <laughs> it doesn't, there yeah. is no link there. And there's no link between your position and this book. And there's no link between me and endorsing this book mm. on the basis that I'm a board member of a school that happens to have it in the library because... It's a kind of important thing to say that nobody is born to be a racist. Yeah. The book specifically says babies are not racist or racist. anti-racist. They have to be taught to yes. be one or yeah. the other. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's too many babies have been yeah. taught to be racist. That's, that's the yes, whole fucking that's issue. The problem. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Do they not see that it just makes them look like fools? 
It also no. it has to be said once again propelled anti-racist baby to the top of the Amazon. Yes, of charts. course. Yes, <laughs> everyone's going. Oh, well, that sounds like good. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite. Didn't we have another one of those? Didn't that oh, happen? It's been happening regularly. Oh, yeah, Mal- it's the it happened, book, it happened with yeah, the yeah. Poo uh, one. The butt, the yeah. butt book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It happened with yeah. mouse. It's basically yeah. anything yeah. that Republicans say. Yeah. This is a dangerous, awful thing. Everyone goes, "Oh, I'm going to buy that then." I'm Go get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah. yeah. Among other people who yeah. who use this, what was your other favourite, yeah, for yeah. their own useless, pointless ends, uh, was yeah. Marsha Blackburn, Senator Marsha Blackburn, who is basically a ball of hair, who was nominated to the Senate. Yeah. She asked Judge Jackson if she could um, provide a definition of the word "woman," right, in an attempt mm-hmm. to. Uh-huh get some kind of transphobic soundbite that she could use or or right. or yeah. something that she could then claim means that judge jackson well whatever i don't know what the fuck yeah. she was trying to do it's really <laughs> exactly. unclear that's but... what we're always at a loss to <laughs> yeah just go, yeah and you kind of just want to go can i just stop you there? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay what is it you're getting at just you know what is it yeah. what is it cousin it what are you trying to say to me so judge yes. jackson did not rise to the bait of no. defining what Whatever a woman is yeah. in some way she said no i'm not a biologist that's not something i do that's not yeah. something judges are required to do yes um in their in their work why would why would i need to yeah. have an opinion on that yeah and the mm-hmm. entire right wing then got yeah. confused about what define means and and claimed yeah. that this person doesn't know what a woman is, which is not the same thing at all. No, no. You can know, for example, what a shark is without biologically defining a shark in a way of defining it that excludes other fish or you know other yeah. things that aren't sharks. That, that's much harder. To to give a biological yeah. definition of something which which separates it out from other things that aren't it is different from looking at a picture of a shark and going, yeah, that's a shark. Yeah, it's definitely a shark. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of when we played No More Jockeys and we got to the point with whether a planet was a place and then we got to the point where well, scientists define it as, oh, well, scientists and then then we argue about define and then Uh yes exactly that it's just that desperate need to to win the point that's what they're doing isn't it they're they're playing the point scoring game so they're just going okay so she successfully dismissed this stupid question and and so to win the point the entire right wing have got to move to Oh, well, they've got to miss the point, haven't they? Yeah. They've got to go, well, she doesn't know what a woman is. No, because that's <laughs> not the question what was asked. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. Is it, do you know what a woman is? Yeah, I, I can point to several in the room. Yeah, yeah there's one, there's one, there's one. But no, could you, and then, well, I, but I can't define one. Yeah, there's no, apart from anything, there's no particular need to define one. No. Because no. there are different definitions depending on what context you're talking about. Whereas, yeah. whereas just saying, oh, yeah, define this thing is not how the law works at no, all. Not so you haven't got to have the, 
the knowledge of the definition of absolutely everything <laughs> in order to 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 prove your generalness yeah. or your suitability for an office where that's not called upon. And if it were, you would get an expert in yeah. to do that. It's like, kind of, can you define space? Well, no, but if I needed to, I would get a NASA <laughs> expert in. Yeah. You know, because I'm not a trained astronaut doesn't mean I can't be a high court judge. And, you know, I mean, the thing judge. is, it's just, it, it's her response to it of basically refusing to define a woman yeah. is just more evidence for Democrats and for people who are trans-affirming or who are kind of sympathetic to people identifying who they are themselves. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is more evidence in favour of those people saying, yes, this person isn't someone who is going to say, yes, this is how I define a woman and that's the yeah. right way to do it and no one else gets to say what, what a woman is. Yeah, because yeah. that's the right way to go about it. Yeah. It's, no, there isn't a specific definition that I can give you right here and now in, in yeah. without any context or nuance. No. which would And which would, from here on in, define yeah. my viewpoint. And that's what you don't want in a judge. You want you don't want somebody that goes in with a with a completely sorted out definition because you would then say, mm, okay, well actually that's probably a little bit dangerous because what happens if in certain circumstances that definition doesn't work within the law? Yeah. So to have somebody that is very uh, strictured in their outlook. Because that's what they're asking for, yeah, really, yeah. isn't it? They're just saying, can you be really blinkered in your outlook, please? Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing, we're testing how blinkered you are and if and, and getting outraged that you're not. Yeah. That's when you when really, ideally, you want somebody that isn't blinkered in their outlook beyond in in the Supreme Court beyond upholding the law and the rights of people under the law. Yeah. That's kind of what you want, isn't it? And it, but it's and all of that is completely lost on the Republicans because they don't think they're particularly they think everybody else is blinkered mm. and strictured and narrow-minded. That's what it is. It's mm -hmm. the narrow-mindedness. We want you to be really narrow-minded yeah. in order for us to vote for you. It's a world just as yeah, well. Yeah, we want you basically you to um, to to signal that you're going to give us the opportunity to be bigoted legally. Yes, yes. If it, yeah, if, yeah. If if there's any, and obviously they knew she wasn't going to do that. There's no question. Yeah. That yeah. Given well, a, her record, she's a Democrat, who she B, is, she's a trained <laughs> legal mind. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it worked for uh, Amy Coney Barrett. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But the, the, probably the worst, though, of all of the attacks okay. right. came from Josh Hawley, backed up by things right. that Tom Cotton said, because he's an asshole as well. But Josh yeah. Hawley basically was going QAnon on her and, right. and claiming, essentially, that she is, um, like, pro-pedophile. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. He was bringing up her egregious uh, record of yeah. 
lenient sentencing for child porn offences. Right. In which she has consistently given child porn havers yeah. under yeah. The, the, the minimum sentence or the recommended sentence, uh, and therefore she's clearly basically a paedophile. I'm, I'm, guess, I'm guessing not much of that is true. There's quite a lot of nuance that is missed <laughs> by right. by everything he said. Than he's making out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, what what it's good that judges do is not yeah. treat every case the same. That's yes. a good thing. That judges are supposed to look at the specific circumstances of a case or of a defendant or whatever. Yeah. One thing that judges tend to try and do as a whole, but isn't necessarily reflected in the in the sentencing guidelines to the extent that many judges would hope it would be, mm-hmm. is to treat people who possess child porn differently to people who create child porn. Yeah. Yeah. And that people who create child porn are treated much more harshly. So people who have received images of children um, are typically treated more leniently and and the, the kind of minimum sentencing guidelines tend to be harsh or overly harsh, according to kind of the most legal experts, including Republican judges, including Trump-appointed judges, yeah. compared to to how how they actually tend to get sentenced. It's not like this is kind of a specialist area for her. She's she's dealt with I think 10 um child porn oh, oh, cases okay. in 10 years. Right. And it's not like she's a regular No. Um and in every single one of those cases she requested countrywide data on the kind of typical sentencing of these kinds of cases to to right. make sure that she was sentencing them within the, the general guidelines of how other judges and that's judges yep. in red states blue states you know appointed yep. by trump appointed by reagan in some cases like literally all over the place um and in every single case her sentencing was in line with those guidelines essentially right the right so she didn't strike out on her own no go, okay, absolutely this is what i'm not. gonna do Again, in in most of those cases, the kind of request from the prosecutors, the people actually trying to put these people away, was for uh, sentences that were at the low end or a downward departure from the the minimum sentencing guidelines based on the circumstances of the case. For example, in cases where people took a plea deal because... Yep. That's why. That's how they yep. get people to take plea deals and yep. plead guilty yep. rather than going through the process of a trial. So, yeah, she sentenced these people in these cases in line with how judges generally sentence people. Which is what you'd want your judges to do. You'd want them to, to look at all the precedent yeah. and do something that's within the... Um, the the ballpark of that in order to ensure that future sentencing yeah. does the same thing absolutely that it re- it reflects the thinking of all of the judges that are prosecuting these kind of cases because otherwise how if yeah and it's good that she did that with all of them yeah, yeah, not yeah. just the first one yeah she was on the US sentencing commission and was involved in a 2012 report 
uh, which recommended lowering the mandatory minimums for uh, two types, specific types of child porn offences. And also on that sentencing commission, who also agreed with this report and participated in the report, was a, a judge called Dabney Friedrich, who was a Trump appointee, US District Court judge, who was given a unanimous vote on his nomination by Senate Republicans. So yeah. so he voted yeah. for the same lowering of yeah. of mandatory minimum sentences yeah. for these child porn offences, exactly the same as her, on literally the same commission. Yeah. And all Senate Republicans went, oh, yeah, he should definitely be a district court judge. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. now that this black woman is up for Supreme Court, they're going, yeah, mm, she's a bit leading one, on child porn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which makes you think, well, actually, mm, perhaps it's to do with party politics could rather it, yeah, than could it be performance. Do you that think? she's a Democrat? Yeah. Could it be that she's a woman? Could mm. it be that she's black? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Why not mm, all three? Who knows? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Yes. These questions should be asked. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. But yeah. honestly, these things along with Lindsay graham asking her to rank her faith on a scale of one to ten and things like that are all exactly like you said what you would expect from republicans yeah Yeah. one thing that went slightly outside of what we might expect uh, was senator mike braun from indiana i think right he was talking about uh, and this wasn't in the confirmation hearings but it was at the same time and it was he was talking about state states rights and essentially right. calling judge jackson a kind of activist judge who was going to you know try and change things from the bench um and right. and he was saying that that you know these these things um yeah. gay marriage and and all of that kind of stuff should be left to the states it shouldn't be a federal thing mm-hmm. at all anyway um and and basically kind of everything possible should be led, left to the states and he was asked specifically by a reporter in that conversation about loving versus virginia which is the case that legalized interracial marriage right and they said like that for example do you think that should be a states rights issue and and right, he said right. yes absolutely Which would definitely mean some states got to make interracial marriage illegal again. Wow. (laughs) Despite the fact that, which we'll talk about in the headlines, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas... Uh Is married to a a white woman. He's married to a white woman. He's on the the Supreme Uh Court. He's, He's a Republican. He's up there doing the job that they're voting... Well, they don't even have to vote to to what the actual yeah. But uh, and later wow. on, once people pointed out, you know, what the fuck? Yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Once yeah. people said what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Mike Mike Braun basically said that he kind of misheard the question or misunderstood the question or whatever. Oh, right, right. And oh, when you said, but uh, you can about you can watch Barry, it. It's yeah, on video. Yeah, yeah. and it, and no. It was very clear. They like like a reporter when he said it said, "Yeah, no, hang on, are you sure?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah." Wow, (laughs) wow, how far out to the right must you be? Where is he? He's in Indiana. Indiana. Today's Republican Party. Yeah, not particularly Ku Klux Klanny. There is it. You know, I mean, there are you know all sorts of yeah people live in Indiana. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. Jesus Christ. I mean, how old are these people? Are they born in the 1800s or something? I mean, he's not, he's, 18... he's not oh, one of the old ones, to be honest. Whoa. <sighs> um, yeah. He, what he needs to read is racist, anti-racist baby. You know, or yeah, have yeah. it read to him, yeah. obviously. Maybe they should make a an anti-racist senator. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that should be a Brooke that's... Kendi's next <laughs> book. <laughs> yeah. In really big type. <laughs> You know, it's kind of like a Dr. Zeus kind of thing with only five words on each page and a repeated one. The anti-racist bit repeated on every page. Jesus H. Christ. Yeah. Mm. Well, thankfully, they have no uh, say in the outcome, really. No. No, no, no. She's she's getting confirmed. This was all just... Just noise. A, a racist yeah. shit show. <laughs> yeah and there you go there you have it just folks. for the sake of it that's the republican party in 2022 <laughs> a racist shit show yep and finally some things we really don't have time to talk about there's been no shortage over the past six years of people with actual legal expertise pointing out that Trump has committed actual crimes that any normal person would be prosecuted for these claims have generally fallen into two categories those which are true but won't make any difference for some fucking reason, and the significantly rarer category of those which are true and might actually turn into something. In Category 1 this week, we have Manhattan prosecutor Mark Pomerantz, who resigned from the Manhattan DA's office last month when it became clear that new DA Alvin Bragg was reluctant to prosecute what Pomerantz described in his resignation letter as numerous felony violations that Trump committed. In the much more exciting and colourful Category 2 is the ruling from Judge David Carter in the case we talked about last episode where attorney John Eastman was trying to avoid giving the January 6th committee a number of documents. Judge Carter ruled that 101 of the 111 documents were not privileged, one of which specifically because, quote, based on the evidence, the court finds it more likely than not that President Trump corruptly attempted to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6th, 2021. That, by the way, is a federal crime. And the document that quote specifically refers to also seems to implicate Rudy Giuliani directly in the criminal conspiracy. Mind you, if we just waited a bit, Rudy would inevitably butt-dial a reporter and confess to it anyway. Yep, outside a garden centre somewhere. Yep. It just occurred to me that phrases about the truth are sometimes related to clothing. A lie is halfway around the world before the truth has got his pants on, and liar, liar, pants on fire. There's something about dressing up to appear better than others, perhaps. And it's what Republican Madison Cawthorn seems to be striving to do, apart from recently still calling the 2020 election fraudulent, rigged and stolen. He's having a go at his own party now, saying in a podcast this week that he saw some of his own party members doing cocaine in a car park and was invited by fellow Republicans to an orgy, both of which he later admitted to lying about when taken to task by House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Impetuous youthfulness aside, he's the youngest Republican representative, is he attempting to make himself appear better by being above the allegedly debauched behaviour of his colleagues, having been accused of sexual misconduct to himself? Or does he think this is what you just do to please Trump in Trump's GOP? after Trump endorsed candidate Linda Bennett instead in 2020. You know, lie about being turned down for Naval Academy after injuries sustained in a car crash. No, he was just turned down before. And lie about being pronounced dead in said crash. No, officially pronounced incapacitated. 
When you tell lies to clean the swamp, you are the swamp. Did Donny teach you nothing? Now, I know that during my last headline, you were all shouting at your cell phones and smart speakers. But, Jim, doesn't 18 U.S.C. 1512C2 attempting to obstruct an official proceeding require corrupt intent? How will they prove Trump had corrupt intent, Jim? It was on my lips, yeah. And I would expect nothing less. Frankly, if you weren't shouting that, then you're not the listeners I know and love. But you're also forgetting that Trump is a fucking idiot and commits all his crimes out in the open like a naked man robbing a bank because a witch sold him an invisibility potion and he doesn't think you can see him. Of course, the judge had plenty of evidence that Trump acted corruptly, but it's always nice to have more, like, say, someone deliberately concealing or tampering with evidence. In unrelated news, the Washington Post reported this week that the White House presidential phone log, which was provided to the January 6th committee, is curiously absent of any phone calls between 11.17am and 6.54pm on January 6th. We know from the extensive reporting of that day that during that period, Trump spoke on the phone with Senator Mike Lee, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Mike Pence. And it would be a bit surprising if he didn't speak to anyone else, since it was a bit of a busy day, what with fermenting and insurrection and everything. So did he borrow someone else's phone for some reason? Did he use a burner phone? Of course, Trump claims he not only didn't use a burner phone, that he doesn't know even what that term means, despite using it three times in his lawsuit against his niece Mary. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has issues. I suspect because he's furious that he's one letter away from sounding like General Patton. He recently fired a letter off to the Austin Independent School District saying, by hosting Pride Week, your district has, at best, undertaken a week-long instructional effort in human sexuality without parental consent. Or worse, your district is cynically pushing a week-long indoctrination of your students that not only fails to obtain parental consent, but subtly cuts parents out of the loop. Either way, you're breaking state law. Of course, those aren't the only choices. Other choices include what the school's district superintendent, Dr. Stephanie Elizaldi, fired back. I want all our LGBTQIA plus students to know that we are proud of them and that we will protect them against political attacks and that Pride Week is a time to highlight the district's commitment to creating a safe, supportive and inclusive environment for LGBTQ students. As a dangerously rich, well-fed cis white male, you think Paxton wouldn't have to be blowing the dog whistle so damn hard to continue to be voted in by similarly bigoted Texans. But hey, as we've learned this week, if you can't be right, be stupidly fucking vehement or else people will find out. Trump claims to be the best at lots of things. And in almost every case, he's either delusional or end of sentence. However, one thing he truly seems to be better than pretty much everyone else at is losing in court. To be fair, he gets a lot of practice. He's having another swing at it now, having recently sued Hillary Clinton, the DNC and 26 other people and entities for conspiring to undermine his 2016 campaign by making up lies about him and Russia. I'm not exactly sure what damages he's claiming he suffered since, I don't know if you remember this, but he won the 2016 election. But I guess it gives him something to do between poorly attended rallies. On hearing about the lawsuit, CNN reached out to some of the defendants for a comment and FBI agent Peter Strzok's lawyer said, We haven't had the chance to read the complaint, but knowing the former president, there's probably very little in there that's true. (laughs) Which is extremely judgmental and probably highly accurate. 
One person who did get the chance to read it is First Amendment lawyer Ken White, who described it as, quote, freakishly unprofessional and legally bumptious. Rather than a serious effort by serious lawyers, it's a performative caper by injudiciously barred clowns. <laughs> of course, when I hear the phrase injudiciously barred clowns, I think of Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, but they're too busy being investigated for being terrible lawyers. So this lawsuit was filed by Trump's old military academy classmate, Peter Tickton, a Florida lawyer who's been suspended twice for conflict of interest violations and who writes fucking awful poetry that he proudly displays on his law firm's website. Is he a Vogon? <laughs> <laughs> he was also apparently responsible for getting Trump the award of ladies' man in the Military Academy yearbook. Trump has previously claimed it was because of his great feeling for women, but Tickton says, quote, somebody else got most popular and we wanted to give him something, so we made him ladies' man, which to us was kind of an inside joke because there really were no ladies. I don't think he's going to last long as Trump's lawyer if he keeps revealing stuff like that. <sighs> right. The whole stop the steal, overturn the election, bring down Biden thing was all to do with horned shaman and proud boys and working class Americans stirred up by billionaire care nothings on January 6th, yeah? Except, no, well, you know Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, you know he's married, yeah? Well, texts sent by his wife Ginny to Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, have been obtained by the January 6th committee. And the Washington Post notes that the committee is in possession of 21 such texts sent by Thomas to Meadows in the wake of the November 2020 election. Help this great president stand firm, Mark. You are the leader with him who is standing for America's constitutional governance at the precipice. One sent on November 10th reads, The majority knows Biden and the left is attempting the greatest heist of our history. And on November 5th, Biden crime family and ballot fraud co-conspirators, brackets, elected officials, bureaucrats, social media censorship mongers, fake stream media reporters, etc. Close brackets are being arrested and detained for ballot fraud right now and over coming days and will be living in barges off Guantanamo to face military tribunals for decision. But of course, she's a private citizen. Completely mad, mind you, but is entitled to say stuff, such stuff, surely. Not that she uses her husband's clout to influence any decisions. No, of course not. It's not like she involved her husband in any effort to woo Florida Governor Ron DeSantis into participating in an event hosted by a conservative group or anything in emails saying that the governor should be familiar with her because in addition to seeing him at a state dinner at the White House and having interviewed him for the Daily Caller, her husband has been in contact with him too on various things of late. Well, it's good to know that the Supreme Court is beyond the reach of the likes of Lady Macbeth. If there's one thing Republicans are sure of, it's that your children are constantly in imminent danger of being kidnapped by paedophiles. If there's a second thing they're sure of, it's that being a Republican instantly absolves you from any accusations that you might be involved in anything inappropriate around children. Just look at Matt Gates, or Roy Moore, or Mark Foley, or Jim Jordan, or Dennis Hastert, or George Nader, or Lauren Boebert's husband, or... Th there's a lot, is what I'm saying. 
In unrelated news, former Washington State Representative Matt Shea, who's a Republican, by the way, who was suspended by the House Republican Caucus and urged to resign after a House Commission report found that he had planned and participated in domestic terrorism against the United States three times between 2014 and 2016, showed up in a small town in Poland this week with over 60 Ukrainian children. Veronika Zarnica an aide to the mayor of the town, was contacted by local people who were concerned about the situation. She asked to speak to whoever was legally in charge of the children and Shay told her he'd spoken to the mayor and everything was fine. Zarnica says she knew that wasn't true because it was the mayor who asked her to speak with him. Shay got really angry, refused to tell her his last name and asked to see her ID. She asked him, what are you going to do with all these children? And he said, none of your business. Which of all possible answers to that question is not one that fills you with confidence? Speaking on a right-wing religious Polish TV show later, Shay claimed that he was there on behalf of a Texas group called either Loving Families and Homes for Orphans or Loving Homes and Families for Orphans, depending on which part of the interview you listen to. He claimed that the group had been facilitating adoptions for years, and while a group by that name is registered with the Texas Secretary of State, they're not registered as an adoption agency or affiliated with international adoption organisations. And the group's website is just a park domain. But sure, it's probably fine, because we only need to protect children from Democrats. Britpol this week in numbers. Rishi Sunak promises a tax cut in, oh look, 2024, election year having announced tax rises worth 2% of GDP in just two years, the same time as Tony Blair and Gordon Brown did in 10. Oh, and reinstated car parking fees for NHS staff. Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe is freed from Iran, and Fox News wannabes GB News accuse her of being ungrateful for when she said what took them so long. After all, the UK just paid £400 million to get you out. Well, no, it was Iran's money from a tank order unfilled in 1979. Homes for Ukraine gets 28,000 applications, only 2,700 visas are issued. Lateral flow tests will no longer cost nothing, despite new cases topping 74,000 after the end of restrictions. P&O ferries knowingly break the law by laying off 800 staff at short notice and the government, familiar with knowingly breaking the law, is issued with 20 fines for Covid law breaches, but Boris still maintains rules were followed. Commons Liaison Committee member called the PM pretty much toast if he'd been issued one surely. Boris replies, well... I think you're just going to have to hold your horses and wait till the conclusion of the investigation where there will be a lot more clarity. Spoiler alert, and let me be perfectly clear, there will be no clarity, only bread-like opacity. Would that we could afford enough energy to actually make toast with. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump just like our strawman-level patrons Steve Bickle, Schmutz, Mark Reiki and Albert R. Buchanan, and our true Scotsman-level patrons Kaz Tui, Andrew Halk, Max Beaver, and our top patron, Lauren. Thank you so much, everyone. Your support is really very appreciated. 
You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.